Welcome to What's My Thesis. I'm Javier Proenza, and today my guest is Edward Cushenberry. How you doing, Edward? Doing well. Are you from LA originally? No, I'm from, I'm from Orange County. From Orange County? Huntington, oh. Huntington Beach. My perception is that it's just... Like, you know, the, the, the stereotype over here is that it's like rich Republicans, like Trump voters. When I was growing up, it was a mecca for skinheads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then two things I remember was my dad was talking about the first time he moved to Huntington Beach. And he was very nonchalant. He was like, yeah, I got in a fight with three skinheads on the beach. And I was like, what happens? Like, well, one hit me with a pipe. I'm like, what? Wait, what? And then it's like, yeah. And then when I was 12, my dad was, because we had a shooting range next to our house. He was saying, hey, oh, by the way, it's getting kind of gnarly. Your mom and I might have to get a gun. And if we wow. do get a gun, I need to show you, show you how to use it. Wow. And dropped it. He went, went into the kitchen and the other stuff. And I was like, you know, you want to talk more about this? Wow. So, yeah, it's, we didn't have bad neighborhoods. Uh, luckily for me, my, like, the part of Huntington Beach I grew up in, it was the first part of Huntington Beach. So the town over was, was Westminster. So they had a heavy Latino and heavy Vietnamese population. Mm -hmm. So this skinhead stuff was when I went skating and when I went, more towards the beach yeah it was like more of a turf war thing kind of like yeah in, did you ever watch uh this came up recently the um, point break movie oh i love that movie <laughs> yeah paul paul loyal was saying that he was also like i was roasting him for being like a typical like because he wanted to be a cop oh yeah <laughs> but he also surfs <laughs> yeah so i grew up skating and towards the beach is when we had problems like my mom was very sketched of me going towards the beach okay and we went to the beach a lot but the beach was like 20 minutes from us and that's when you saw swazis and that's when you saw skinheads and that's when so like uh at tippleton's work when you see like skinheads and stuff it's towards the beach in at templeton's work you said oh when you or when you photograph skinheads or when you see any like photographer oh, yeah, yeah. street photographer talk about huntington beach and skinheads it's towards the beach okay i didn't know that i i and actually after i asked you that question i realized that i know somebody that lived in a mobile home in in oh, orange county there's a lot of mobile homes there yeah so i'm trying to just picture what like the scene is like because it is like over here everybody's like orange county mm, you know like it, it yeah it's kind of like uh it's kind of I, I mean beyond the skinhead side of it it's like seen as a um a like a ritzy you know like republican area compared to like la being a lot more liberal yeah is that do you feel like that's an accurate assessment i mean that's, that's just my perception as a miami kid oh okay <laughs> it's weird because growing up Huntington beach was very small boy small business oriented okay and so that makes sense there is more small businesses than there are because right now it's like everything's like a big box corporation mm -hmm. but there was more family run restaurants when i was growing up i got into skating i got into punk i got into hardcore music i got into comics i got into art because of Huntington beach because the people who are my age wanted to rebel yeah yeah and so it had a diy like a, a lot yeah. like first i saw there's this band called madness the bastard it's like a okay. hardcore grand court band like the first like pioneers of it and they used to play at huntington beach library oh in the, wow in the early 90s so that's what it was kind of like the younger generation fighting against the older more republican generation so i got into skating and punk because of that and hardcore because of that and comics charles bukowski because of kids wanting to rebel okay yeah and like what when in your consciousness you know like for me 
rebellion was more directed towards like the idea of like critical thought in terms of religion and stuff yeah like I, if you didn't have a religious upbringing though i don't think that that would be the case so what were you what were your things that you were rebelling against that's an interesting like i mm, okay honestly i just like stuff Okay. So I didn't know it was rebellion until like my cousins was like, "Oh, you're being, you're trying to be white." I was like, "No, I just like The Simpsons," and I equated listening to religious music with not to say being a square, but I wanted to move away from that as far as possible. Was that happening in your family? Like, were yeah, my my okay. So we used to go to church. My mom, my sister, my brothers, cousins, and I. And my dad stayed. My dad stayed home, and for the longest time, I thought my dad was an atheist. And I asked him about it, and he was like, "Oh no, uh, that pastor at the church didn't allow women to be in the pulpit." And I thought that was bullshit, so I stayed oh, home. Wow. And I was like, "What?" So yeah, like if God calls you to teach the word of God, like who cares what sex you are? So yeah, when he said women can't be in the pulpit, I just stayed home. Wow. And, and then he's like, "Actually, I go to the I went to the church down the street from my house and." It was really nice because they were Lutheran and it was 20 minutes and I was home to like enjoy myself. And <laughs> I was bummed out because I went to a, a black Baptist church and it was three hours. Like we wake oh, up Jesus. at yeah, we wake up at nine and get back home at one <laughs> and two. And I was really bummed out. So it sounds like there may have been some rebellion. Are, are you are you an atheist or are you I'm agnostic? agnostic? Yeah, I'm, that's basically where I'm at. Yeah. too. But it seems like that like there's a similar like uh, like because. I don't really think I had like the political savvy to be rebellious. You yeah. know, like it, it, when I was young, I didn't know shit. I was like, you know, I was like, yeah, vote blue. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, so funny you say that because like both my parents are Democrats. And when I was 16, 17, and I was going and I was doing stuff to register to vote because I've been voting since I was 18, my dad, he was like, this is very important. He's like, I don't care who you vote for, just don't vote because you feel obligated. So if the candidate is a Democrat and you're a Democrat, but you don't like what he's about, re like rebel and vote for yeah. whoever you want to vote. And so to me, that's like my rebellion. And one of the reasons why I am agnostic is my dad abhorred religion. Like he hated it. So he, even though he still went to church? Yeah, he believed, he believed that religion is man-made, but he believes in God. Okay, okay. So every, I remember one time, and this was like very important in kind of drives my beliefs uh i went to a baptist school and for some reason it was right when the first george bush was president like his dad yeah, yeah. and they were like oh if you watch the simpsons it says <laughs> sorry i love that for our generation yeah like we have like, to be very specific but but also the way you phrased it like his dad was like is like you know the father of the really bad one <laughs> yeah it was like the bad one and the dad yeah but <laughs> i was the one that the father was like yeah you shouldn't be working with these people if you remember that that was crazy yeah, yeah, yeah it was, yeah. was crazy but um for some reason the school was like very religious like highly conservative and they're like oh if you watch the simpsons it's a sin so being oh, shit. a little kid i think the exact words if you watch the simpsons it's a sin you're going to hell and i'm like a little Whoa. kid yeah yeah so i finished all my homework and my dad was like oh you're not watching the simpsons and i was like oh it's a sin and he was like says who <laughs> i was like my my school and then he went into the fabric room turned on the simpsons and was like that 
is bullshit. That is man-made rules. I like your dad. I yeah. like him too. He's yeah. like the first positive role model I have in my life. <laughs> That's cool. So where, where are your parents from? Are they are they also Orange County? No, my, my mom is from Diasburg, Tennessee. My dad's from Indianapolis, Indiana. They're both. Okay. And the thing is about it is like my dad's more liberal about race. And they both grew up in Jim Crow South. Yeah, yeah. My mom is not. She is very hardcore about blackness. Like militant. Very kind of militant. And my dad's I miss not. that term. Like, yeah. I don't know what happened to it. Uh, I think I think heroin happened to it. <laughs> <laughs> and the Black Panthers. You yeah. Know, like, <laughs> my, I remember one time I was filming, let's just be honest, all my classes in school because like I have a hard time learning. And my mom was like, Malcolm Max would be so disappointed in you. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> and I was like, what? It's like, if Malcolm X was still alive and he knew he, he knew we were getting F's, he would be so disappointed. That's hilarious. And I mean, I, it's probably a lot of... <laughs> it's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot of stuff. Like, It's a, it's like, uh, well, I'm Catholic. Well, th- One of the things that I was laughing is like, yeah, it makes sense that your dad is sort of like not pro-religion and he went to a Lutheran church because yeah. that's like the antithesis of it, what I it, grew up with, which was hardcore, like, you know, like Catholic Catholicism in Italy, Yeah, which is like... It's laissez-faire. <laughs> yeah. Are you from Italy? I, I just lived there for when oh, I was okay. little. Uh, oh, okay. But, yeah, yeah. but, but, um, but it's interesting. Like I, 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 if, if I, if you leave me up to my own devices, we'll only talk about religion, yeah. <laughs> about your religious upbringing. But it's, it's funny. It, I do think it's like a really interesting world, like insight into like, you know, like, like you start off somewhere and then you, ha- you come from something, you, you know, like you come from something essentially, right? Yeah, like yeah. where you have to like learn, like everybody, I guess, has critical thinking skills, but, yeah, but everybody has a, have yeah, critical thinking hopefully. skills. I'm being generous. Yeah, you, you are. <laughs> but, um, but, but it's, it's like, what do you apply those skills to? Which is what I find interesting about that the discussion of, uh, of religion but like what, what in terms of rebellion like what, were you listening to any punk that like spoke to you like were you listening to no effects <laughs> you're you're over the age right i'm over the age so the reason i started listening to that music was my my mom not my dad my mom had a very strict no rap rule oh my god except for kirk franklin and let's be honest i was not going to listen to kirk franklin i don't know who that is oh you what okay Wait, so, what's, what's what are his hits uh <laughs> he was this very pro-religious rapper okay he sucked yeah, oh, that's yeah. Mean. i mean that's it, mean that's mean but it's not my taste it's in music. hip-hop you can call you can call someone out it's not like okay. you're, you're, you're not call, going after taylor swift who yeah. has a oh, completely dude, supportive never, fan base you know i would what I mean? never go after taylor swift <laughs> i i was like dude i i respect myself too much like, I, I i can't deal with that but i was like well i can't listen to rap i'm not gonna listen to kirk franklin oh i listen to pop music and then i was like i'm not listening to pop music and my next their neighbor was like, have I heard of NoFX? I'm like, oh, okay. But what really got me into it was one night, uh, is VH1 still a thing? Now? Uh, that's a good question. I mean, is cable still a thing? Yeah. <laughs> as far as my, my my experience, it's not, but yeah. Okay. So I, w- I would be surprised if it's gone entirely. Yeah. So they had this thing, like 100 artists of hard rock, and number 99 was Bad Brains. Oh, okay. And I was like, what is this? Yeah. And yeah. I got their CD. I was like, this is so crazy. And... It was a precursor to Wikipedia, but there was a site where if you type in a music, like a, a band, it would give you like, oh, here's a band that sounds like it. And Napster. Then, no, I'm kidding. No, no, I wish it was. <laughs> and then I found the Dead Kennedys and I was oh, like, what? Okay. This is, and the stuff they were talking about, Angela's voice, 
Yeah. And Plastic Surgery Disaster is still like my favorite album. When I found out about Dead Kennedy, it's like, this is like, whoa, I never heard anything like this. And especially yeah. that album, it's like the tightest punk album I heard where it's like a mix of like heavy metal, a mix of punk, a mix of surf. And it opened my eyes up to different types of music, opening my eyes up to like politics. And then I was like, this is like awesome. I want more stuff like this. So I started diving more into it and then skating really helped with that because i because i'm from huntington beach i i gravitated more towards the hessian skaters like the white skaters and long hair that's in the, like rock and roll music because that's like what i hessian like it's like is that like a pothead terminology no like it's just like long hair mellow dudes i thought hesher was like a a, a pothead I don't know. I, 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 Maybe that, you might that, be pothead. That's like that's like a California terminology. Yeah. So you said Hesher, right? Yeah. So Hesher. it's like fresh skaters is like hip hop like stuff. That's more towards LA. Okay. Huntington Beach is like more like tight pants stuff. And I found out about Charles Pekowski from one of their like interviews that they were talking about. Like being like one of the skate uh, foundation skate skate team was on tour. And one of the skaters like, oh, I have all Pekowski's books. I was like, oh, who's Pekowski? And then well. I worked at Huntington Beach Library and I found out about Pekoski and I was like, this is amazing. And it kind of, that was my rebellion. It was, it wasn't like I was trying to. No, it's just, you're, it's the, it's that th critical thing, critical yeah. thinking thing. You start to become your own self. Right. I think like it's all, it, yeah. The religion thing is parallel to music too, because it's you start yeah. you start growing up like listening. What is it, Clifford? What huh? <laughs> the, the rapper? The, oh, the, Kirk Franklin. Kirk I'm so surprised. <laughs> Kirk, I'm gonna totally Dude, go, you're go gonna down be, the rabbit you're, hole. You're going to be you're going to be bummed. Oh, I'm not bummed. It's just like very safe rap, and then always about how my favorite religious song, uh, rap song is Craig's Craig's Mac. Uh, Craig Mac on his uh, debut album had a song. What you gonna do when God comes? <laughs> you it's, could talk, talk it's now. Like what you just said, times, it's, that's just a whole discography. <laughs> so it sounds like uh, Jared the Damager, who's like uh, yeah. insufferable because it's just like, you're living your life wrong. Dude. And like Common too, I also found was like, was very much preachy. Although, although Jello B offers preachy shit, but I, he, in the punk realm, I it, I can stomach it better. I, I think it's because he had like a good rhythm, rhythm section behind him. Yeah, yeah. And I I remember one time I was listening to Jerry uh, the Damage, and I was like, that sounds cool. And then it's like, woman shouldn't have dressed like this. I'm yeah, like, I know. I was like, fuck. Jesus <laughs> Christ, dude. Yeah, yeah. No, Is that it? I remember th seeing like I remember hearing that song playing yourself. That's the song I'm talking about. And and I was like, oh, this is cool. And I'd never listened to the lyrics. And then I was like, all right, let me oh let made a mistake. Me legally download <laughs> <laughs> some dude. of his tracks. And I was like, nope. <laughs> yeah. Cause I was like, man, I wonder what he's talking about. And he's like, respect yourself. It's like, okay. It's like, yeah, yeah, don't yeah. sell drugs. I get that. Women shouldn't be wearing. I was like, oh, okay, well, yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> it's really cool, Jeru Damage. It's really hard to be misogynist in a different way during the nineties too. Yeah, <laughs> like, like positive misogyny. It's like, it's like, uh, it's it's it misses the mark in the other direction instead of calling yeah. them a hoe. Well, I mean, I guess it is still. It's calling the them same a, thing. It's the same thing. Like so that there's so many bands right now on my Spotify where I'm like, I hope no one looks up my Spotify because I do not want to explain why I have a bunch of problematic bands on my Spotify. Oh, really? I don't worry about that. <laughs> I don't either until I someone's still, like, oh, plug it in. I'm like, mm, okay. <laughs> I still love, uh, I, I, like, I love that um, 
the things that like rappers used to get away with. Although the homophobia stuff is a little is a little cringe now, but like the the racial stuff, like when Method Man calls being high like something problematic about like oh, yeah. Asian people. Oh yeah, <laughs> like that terminology is like I listen to it. I'm like, God damn, that's fucking crazy. It's crazy, and I'm like, I don't know, man, like. Uh, yeah, because like we my can ex- change the subject. <laughs> <laughs> no, because like grew up in Huntington Beach, the way that the minorities in Huntington Beach befriended each other was making very fucked up racist jokes. Because, oh yeah, yeah, that's how Latinos like we yeah. only, we, we 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 troll each other. About yeah, it. and like, and you had to because it's like let's just let's be honest. If we're not gonna be friends, we probably have to go fight skinheads separately. So let's just make these jokes. Yeah. get it out and if we get harassed we could just be friends and then do it be harassed together yeah if a if a latino calls me a balsero i laugh yeah, but yeah. if a white person calls me a yeah. balsero i'm like yo dude yeah it's, it's a lot of loose rules <laughs> yeah so yeah you know what a balsero is right is raft, like, like, like rafter or you know yeah. someone that comes on a raft i yeah i didn't want to say it i have a lot <laughs> of i have a lot of like latino it, friends i'm like it's our it's our uh, version of the one that I'm not gonna say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> In my head, I was literally adding like, "Nope, she'll be mad at me if I say that. He won't be mad." I was just like, yeah, "Who yeah. will not be mad?" That's the way I do stuff now. It's like, who's gonna take this seriously? Who's not? Who's gonna know that I'm joking? Who's not? Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I I don't know. I I I like when you got here. I was watching a show called Bad Friends, a podcast. Oh, have you yeah. ever, have you watched? I've, it? I've, I've, I've heard of it. So like it's Bobby Lee and Andrew Santino, and all they do is roast each other. But because like, but like racially, you know, like they call and then Bobby's always like, or Andrew Santino's always doing Asian accents. Yeah, and for some reason, it's still fucking hilarious. It, it's because, funny <laughs> because Bobby's laughing at it, but yeah. the context matters, right? The context. Like, <laughs> I don't think my ex would care, but I was hanging out with my ex. Like my, uh, she's Korean, and and we were talking about like meeting like her dad or something. She was and very hesitant. And as a joke, I need to state this as a joke. They were like, "Oh, maybe you should maybe you should stop dating Korean girls." As a joke, yeah, as a joke. Yeah, yeah. And I told that to my very progressive friend, and I had to listen to the lecture. I'm like, "She's yeah, that's a little tiresome." Yeah, and I was like, "Dude." <laughs> I, it's like obviously yes it's not funny technically but it's also very funny it's also very like like uh what's it called there there that there's the hassan minaj thing i don't know if you know oh, that no, I, yeah i, I know so, it's the, the beef that he's like that beef but like how he got in trouble yeah so so he got in trouble for for like uh over dramatizing not like making things up for not like not in a funny way but in a dramatic in a very yeah, in, a, yeah. in a victimhood what kind of way yeah and um what was it like uh it's, it's, it's has, oh, there's so many like indian comics that are like i'm confusing right now mm. uh not sagar and jetty but the guy that anyway whatever we're gonna just cut this out because <laughs> I, I like sagar from breaking points right yeah i listen yeah. to breaking points while i'm at the studio and then listen to uh blocking a port at the studio and then i'm like this is really heavy and i'm just listening to music yeah yeah i've i've especially with all the stuff that we're not going to talk about that's Dang. happening right now yeah. i like i'm like thank you I'm I, taking, I was I, really afraid i'm not going to talk about it but i was like uh all my friends were like mm, no don't. no 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 it's it's just it's it's uh it's outside of my purview. It's outside of my. <laughs> I studied political science. I mean, before I, I became an artist, and it's still outside of my purview. Like so many friends are like, you don't have to know. 
that's like talk about something. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, no, and, and, but, but it is, it is interesting, like, um, how much, like, I, I mean, my stance is always just like, let's not sell weapons to yeah, weapons that's, manufacturers that's for like, no reason. That's a really good stance. Like, yeah. Being like, something my dad like worked for uh, like a weapons manufacturing not because he was like oh programs he's like i have a family to feed yeah, yeah this yeah. makes sense i need yeah. to feed my family my dad worked for a neoliberal organization yeah. and he his attitude was the same it was like i don't know if i'm actually helping but i'm help- helping six people which my, is our immediate family i remember one time i was getting bad grades and my dad's like i work a job that i fucking hate i have to wake up at four o'clock in the morning i have bought you food i have bought you clothes i paid a mortgage i pay for everything all i'm asking is for you to open a book yeah and i was like and he was like pissed he's like i don't like my job yeah i'm doing it because i have a family to support and why can't you just get at least a b in algebra and i was like math's hard and he's like (laughs) my job is harder (laughs) yeah basically Well, okay. So you 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 mentioned that you had a topic, and we're already kind of t- dipping our toe into it because um, you 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 said that your work is about relationships. My work. I, Go ahead. Yeah, I because I kind of realized like with the first like with the photo book that came out in 2019, I didn't know exactly what my work was about relationships. And Wait, I, which photo book? Uh, well, nothing. Let's have a copy of it. Oh, okay. And I spent four years doing this very intense, very intrusive documentary of my friends' lives, of my friends' lives and some of my family's lives. And a lot of my friends, with the exception of like two or three, are not black. They're like people of color. And I was just basically wondering how do they cope with things so I could cope with it. And while I was shooting, we thought my dad was gonna die. So I photographed him in the hospital. My really good friend AJ Dungo, who did the comic book uh graphic novel in waves he just lost his girlfriend oh wow so i photographed him outside of his like girlfriend's like tombstone my other friend christine she got diagnosed with cancer Whoa, and dude. yeah and you know friends were in and out of the hospital friends were getting out of a long-term relationship and i was like photographing them and some of my friends what what, what dates what are the 2000 14 until it's 18. Okay, go ahead. Sorry, I, oh, I, no shouldn't, I shouldn't interrupt you, no, but no, I'm just no, trying no, to get no, a perspective. No, it's very recent. So, But it's also pre-pandemic, which yeah, is pre, pre, the main very question. Much pre, yeah, very, very much pre-pandemic. Because I hear people dying and I'm like, wait, what? Oh, no, it's very much <laughs> pre-pandemic. And some of my friends were having like sex in front of me and I just like, just living their life. And the whole idea was at first thinking, oh, I just want to like learn how to like make this. I want to learn how they deal with life so I could deal with it. And then pandemic happened and I was doing all these like paintings and all my paintings references my photographs and I was trying to be like, oh, it's this fictional city where no one would care or judge you with the music you listen to. And then... So uh, no high schools. Yeah, no high school. <laughs> well, okay. So in this fictional city, city, you're not allowed to listen to the Smiths. Like you're not allowed to. Why? I Because like when I grew up, Everyone who I grew up who likes the music I did, didn't like the Smiths. And then I was really into this woman who liked the Smiths. And I listened to the Smiths like, oh, this man sucks. And that sucks. But I was yeah, like, yeah. this is not my music. All my friends don't like the Smiths. So it's like a running joke. Where did you, what? Like you must find the, <laughs> must have found the only pocket of people that don't like the Smiths. It's so, oh, it's. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. Five of my friends do not like. You're this acting world. like you live in a world where the Smiths are Matthews, Dave's Matthews band. <laughs> well, in this world, they are. Like Jesus, I felt really bad because like my first, my second painting show, I did a large painting of this girl peeing, which is a based on a photograph. And I have this tree where it's like all my friends, and I was like, "Don't listen to the Smiths." And this woman came up and was like, "Oh my god, this is so funny." I'm like, "Oh, cool." It's like because you're like the Smiths, and you're being ironic, like uh what she's like you're being ironic right no and i was like no i really dislike the smiths and she was like uh, oh i i like the smiths though i'm like okay i'm not making fun of you i just i just wait so you don't like the smiths i don't like the smiths you don't like the smith i thought you were the only person no. that that, d that did like the smiths I, no I, okay all right well then we shall drop the topic <laughs> because i don't want people to hate you uh well whatever i mean <laughs> no i'm teasing i'm teasing i know I um, like I like uh, Handsome Devil. That's the only Handsome song. Devil. Okay. Yeah, because I heard Handsome Devil in Escape video. I was like, oh, this is all the Smith songs. And then I'm like, oh, yeah. As a joke, I do sing Charming Man at karaoke. You know a lot more of their songs <laughs> by name than I do. It's funny I just, too. I just, well, I well, you name two that are outside oh, of my. Also, I'm sorry because I have a lot of vegan friends. Like Meat is Murder, which I think is the funniest song ever. Wait, so they do like it? So some no, people one, do. Some, no, one of my friends is vegan. Okay. And they and like they or they just don't like me. I just like the song "Meat Is Murder" because I think it's funny. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, like it's definitely. I I don't know. To me, that's such a mindfuck because I, I I went to school and like all of the goth kids going to goth night like the yeah. Smiths were a staple. It, so it's it, just what, uh, it's funny. I have a lot of Latino friends and like the Smiths. Uh, oh yeah, over here. Yeah, for sure. Like that is a, a stereotype keep, out here. Well, obviously I can't do it now, but I keep my hatred for the Smiths very secret. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to get. I well, don't. Why would you come on a podcast and you yeah, blast it out? Like, yeah, man. I hate the Smiths. I hate the dark. Yeah. <laughs> so then, uh, can we get back into like uh, your relationships? So uh, I did you. I feel like the audience would be mad at me if I didn't follow up on this. Did you say that your friends were having sex in front of you? Somewhere. Okay, like this. Okay, I'm not gonna. Okay, I can't. You don't have to say names, but like in what context? There's, okay, like, so because that used to happen when I was a kid, because people didn't have a place. It wasn't porn. It wasn't. It. Okay, so I'm gonna be very vague. I had one friend. She's a woman, and I was into our other friend, who's also a woman. I was like, oh man, this. Oh, okay. Person's really so cute. you're a gangster. No, no, I'm not a gangster. <laughs> it wasn't us. It, it, I am not into her at all. But what happened was, throughout the night, this friend I was into, she's like, oh, like, I'm like, I think I'm gay. And then I'm like, okay, I can't do anything. And then they were kissing, and then it got very serious, and I, I stopped it because like, I'm, I'm feeling yeah, very yeah, uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. And another friend, who I'm not going to mention, like, they weren't, it wasn't like sex, sex. It was like before the guy. Yeah. It. Yeah. Either they stop it or I stop it. But yeah, to me, it was, it was all about intimacy. It was all about reality of it. And none of that had, and I was like torn with wanting to show this book because I went to art school and Where'd I, you go? I went to art center, Taina Hiroshi. Okay. And I was still underneath the impression like, oh, a black photographer is supposed to do this. And yeah, yeah. majority of my friends are not black. And I had this book. And what really got to me, what really helped me out with it was, I think it was, the, I think it was 2016 where they had that massacre of a, some dude walking to a mosque in Australia. And we, oh, wow. It's so crazy that there's so many there's that, so I, many that, that I don't even know which one you're talking about. But 
being a black photographer, my my friend is a black Muslim. I I was thinking, oh, I have to talk about this because I, I I'm a, I'm a black artist, and I asked him about. I asked him, like, oh, how are you feeling? And he said, man, things are like really heavy right now. And I was like, oh, what's going on? It's like, remember that woman I was dating? <sighs> she broke up with me, and she told me that I wasn't like worthy, and I thought I was gonna marry this woman. I thought I was gonna have kids with her. And I felt really shitty because I wanted him to talk about this thing where I'm supposed to talk about. And he's talking about this relationship that's ended. And this yeah. guy's very smart. And right then and there, it changed everything where I was thinking, I don't want to talk about race unless yeah. I have to. Because my friends are hurting. Like, yeah, this yeah. dude thought he was going to marry this woman and she broke up with him. And here I am thinking, oh, you need to talk about politi like, like politics. And... <clears throat> The humanity comes first. The humanity comes first. And I do feel some sort of way when people do get upset when I don't talk about like blackness. Like my work is all about humanity. Like the relationships. It took me, I've been making art since like 10 years, like a long time. And it took me last week, like, no, my work is about relationships. My work yeah. is about my, my friends are very important to me. My romantic relationships are very important to me. And plural, how many? Oh, how many no, I mean, like, are you poly? No, I'm not. No, okay, okay, I'm not just, poly. Just, just, no, to no, I'm saying, just to like, spice things up, well, too. Through, <laughs> no, I'm not poly, but I'm saying throughout shooting this book, yeah. I've had like, like, you know, people come in my life and out, and shooting is the only time where I'm really present. Mm. And I was thinking, I, I don't think like, oh, this relationship could end, yeah, or yeah. this friend could not be my friend anymore. I'm thinking. I'm not even thinking about exposing my film correctly. I'm thinking about that moment I have with them. And when I do get filmed back, I'm like, okay, let me like try to figure out which one works for the project I'm working on. Well, the, this is interesting because first of all, you, you reference Hiroshi Clark, which is also, who's also a photographer. So I didn't, I, I'm, I know you from your paintings. Now. Yeah. So, so when did that transition happen? <laughs> I mean, are you still taking pictures? I, I, I used to, I also was a photographer and I don't, and I don't okay. identify as that anymore. I had to ask my friend if I could talk about this. So I'm going to, and she said, yeah, I would be very vague. Like she's my best friend now. Like, Best best that's friend. not very that's pretty three specific. years ago now was best friend okay so that's pretty specific people know who your best friend is usually <laughs> oh funny you should say that i i'm not allowed to have more than one best friend and then i'm not gonna say her name but she i made a joke because hanging out with my friend billy and she's really cool i was like oh hang on my best friend and then this person was like what the fuck what's that about and i was like what do you mean and she's like you said she's her best friend. I was like, oh, I'm, I'm joking. It's like, are you sure? I'm like, dude, yeah. <laughs> and then she's like, because best means one and I'm your best friend. And I'm like, I'm joking. She's like, I don't think so. I'm like, okay. Semantically, hey. she is correct. <laughs> best means, there's there's only one best. You can't be the two best. So, so <laughs> it, it seems... It seems like I don't know that I can handle that kind of pressure. <laughs> it's a lot of pressure. And here's the thing. I didn't mention who said that. And when this podcast comes out, she is going to text me and be like, everyone knows you talk about me. I'm like, <laughs> I didn't mention your name. <laughs> okay. So, the so let's dig us deeper. <laughs> the, the transition happened in 2018. One of my really, really, really close friends, we had this very intimate friendship. She got married to this dude. I'm being very vague. And this dude sent 
me a cease and desist letter saying like the photos can't be a book under like under the guise of her doing it and i panic and i send it to my sister because she's a lawyer and my sister was laughing and yeah. she's like this is not a real sister this is letter i'm like no yeah it is i was like it's in crayon no she's like what's the name of the book i'm like i, I don't know it's like what photos I was like i don't know and then i became afraid of like just getting close with someone so 2020 i couldn't get close to anyone i was like i need to paint and then my studio mates they were like you know you will get better at painting if you paint with us so then i have all these old photographs and i was painting and for some reason i was making more money painting than i was with <laughs> shooting photos well your paintings are lovely oh thank you yeah. i really yeah. appreciate that so i taught myself how i got more into painting and 2022 this person called my phone and i don't know why it didn't like i guess she had a different phone and she was like i'm sorry what happened we're not married anymore it was like i was not in a good place and then we started talking and started to realize how bad she thinks this person was in this way they should like this person was in and because of her and because of my well now she's my ex because of those two i my ex let me photograph the way that I needed to photograph. Mm -hmm. And she was always cool with it. And that kind of helped because I got closer. I was like, oh, I could get close with someone. Mm -hmm. And so this is 2022. And I was like, I could get close with someone. And when that relationship ended, it was, I miss being close with someone. I miss shooting. I really miss shooting. And yeah. I was looking at her real shoes to work. And I was thinking, you know, I wanted to approach this more technical. I wanted, because the, the book, uh, Four Years of Shooting, because it was spontaneous, I wasn't using a light meter. I was just like guessing. And I was saying, you know, I want to stop guessing. I wanted to be more intentional in my work. And the weird thing is, is that by me being more intentional in my work, I became more intentional who I want to photograph. Okay, so yeah. it was like, okay, I need. Because film is really expensive. It's really expensive. No shit. That's one of the reasons I don't shoot pictures anymore. It's really expensive and it get developed. It's really uh, uh, expensive. And I was thinking, I have a lot of photographs of people who are not naked, but they're like, can I use this? Because my hair looks weird. And yeah, yeah. I was thinking, I can't have that. I, I, I'm, I do not want to buy a really expensive film, shoot it, pay money to get it uh, developed and scanned in, and then have it be like, my hair looks weird. And so... Yeah, yeah. I became very intentional when I was shooting and then the paintings, one of my biggest influences on my paintings is uh, Paige Moon, okay. uh, LA based painter, went to art center and we kind of have similar work where her work is based on the situations in her life, it's narrative, it's based on like photographs and she's very technical and very detail oriented. So I was thinking, okay, I really want this body of work to be taking more seriously so with the photographs i more intentional with the paintings instead of just letting things go i like okay i'm tired let me go home whereas before i'd be like oh i want to finish this i'm so cool i'm doing like eight paintings of whatever oh yeah 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 so now everything's like more intentional because that person's back in my life and i miss photographing that person and i like i want to do this narrative about relationships because 
my good friends get out of a 10 year relationship and her and I talk about all the time. My other friends get out of a relationship. My other friends are getting into very serious relationships. And I'm thinking, okay, I know about the history of like being black in this country. I am aware of like racism, every stuff, but all these people who are close to me are either getting out of relationships or getting into relationships. I'm very close with my friends. I'm very close with people who are very important to me. So I want to focus on that. Mm. So that's like way, that's where it started off because I think talking about race all the time is very, it takes away the humanity and people, I'm not like an entertainer. I'm an artist. And I think that once you always talk about race, they they know what you're going to say. And I kind of want to stay away from that as much as possible and it's like performative blackness sometimes like, yeah. with the with the expectation not that you are performing but no. but that pressure like uh it, it's i also feel feel like that like is part of the like if i may yeah the uh the liberal like under uh, like the the masking of liberal racism like where they are still very much aware of the yeah. difference and mm-hmm. and then they you know it's it's a it's an interesting thing to like to to just see, because I mean I I try I I obviously try to have people of color, of of different backgrounds yeah. and and obviously sometimes you're 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 interested but I feel like a lot of the questions are more like that people have about race towards black people or might be more ethnic yeah in terms of like it's you, like weird it's weird that I I'm forty. And I really thought this question was dead when I was 20. Which question? The this... black, like, how can you, do you consider yourself a black artist because of X, Y, and Z? Yeah. I, I thought mean, that was dead. It's yeah. Not. I mean, it's not like you really have a choice to, right? Yeah. Like, that's to... the thing that's a bummer is like, I, okay. So like this morning, I, I wake up at seven o'clock every morning. I text like my friend Yuri and I text Joya, like my breakfast and then meditate, go to the studio paint and then make dinner i'm not really thinking about blackness yeah. during that time you know uh and i think it's just uh, there's like a white guilt element to to making it like being yeah. like like people want to be seen for it's like a virtue signal you it's know? like a virtue signal people want to be like i i get it you know yeah and i was like i just want a slice of pizza dude it's not happy you got it but can i please get a number two <laughs> yeah. and, okay so like years ago before the racial reckoning in 2006, 17, Starbucks had this deal where the baristas oh. would talk to the customers. It was, it was, it was the, the in reaction to George Floyd, right? Yeah, yeah that's yeah, what it is. Yeah. And they stopped because it wasn't white people who were getting bummed out. It was black people who were getting bummed out. And I know why. Because at 5 o'clock in the morning, you're going to a job you hate. I didn't want to talk about race shit. I am yeah. going to this job. Hey, can I please get an overpriced cup of coffee? Yeah, it's yeah. all, yeah. So that's the way I feel about it. And... I felt really weird about it until this is very important. What really changed my mind about that whole necessary, like having to do this thing out of necessity was 2012. I had, instead of having a portfolio at art center, I had like a, a photo book because portfolios are really expensive and a photo book is like 50 bucks and book designed by a black woman, like one of my friends. And I was getting that stupid black question from a lot of people who are not black. And I showed the book to right now. He's a photo chair of art center Everett Williams before he was like the co-chair. I'm not sure like what he was when I was going there, 
but I was like freaking out and I showed him a book and he's like, oh, this is a beautiful book. And I was like, oh yeah, you know, people are saying that it's not black enough. And then he's like, who shot this book? I was like, <laughs> yeah, right. I was like, I did. And then he said, are you a black photographer? And I was like, yeah, I was like, case closed. And yeah, that yeah. is what set me up to the work I'm making now, where it's like, that was in 2012. Yeah, that, that's that that that's an interesting. I've I've heard people say stuff in the same realm, right? It is yeah. it is um, it is it it it. I think it also may might come from like a selling point, right? Like like I think uh, I I I keep saying this, but I talked to Elmer, yeah, uh, Guevara. Do you, do you know him? If I see his work, party. Yeah. So he he's he he was he's doing pretty well right now. But one of the things he was saying is that it's like um, part of the part of what's happening with his success now is that there's like a demand for people of color now, you yeah. know, and, and and he wasn't saying it as a negative. He's just observing the market. Right. Yeah. But in that process of people trying like who's it's not it's not black or Latino people that are running the top yeah, echelons yeah, yeah. of the art world. Right. So so the the thing that they're looking for it's still through the white gaze essentially you know like like the the um, you know and then and and it's it's interesting because like um you you just hear people talking about blackness as 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 an outsider as, i always hear yeah i always hear it and uh and it's interesting the distinction between like like, cause obviously you are a black man, yeah. But maybe you don't, you don't have the, um, like, for me, it's like pe when people like deny me my Latinoism because yeah. because I'm I I'm not brown enough or, yeah, or you yeah, know? yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I'm still Latino. You I'm know? so yeah, yeah. You it's know, so, it's yeah. like, and for me, in that sense, it's like, yeah, I'm still part of that ethnicity. I'm still part of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's like, I don't know, something where. I obviously have to think about it a lot and even so it even with the drawings like it 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 shifted to me where the paintings now have like multiple races of people where the drawings were always about blackness and I got really bored like this is like really boring this other yeah, stuff yeah. I want to talk about why do I have to talk about this and one of the things that really helped me out was really cool was like when that book came out in 2019, uh, Matt Austin never wanted to make like a black book. He just wanted to make, he just was like interested in what I was shooting. Yeah. yeah. And I really respect that because yeah. white dude, he could have been like, Oh, what you need more black people. But Matt Austin was like, no, this book is like really beautiful and it's really like sad and it's really poignant. And I told him, thank you. And it, that's like what I needed because like I said, like dad was in and out of the hospital, friends were experiencing loss and none of it had anything to do with me being black. And I think it would be kind of rude while my friends were like experiencing this very heavy stuff to be like, by the way, did you know in 18, like 1865, like that would be like- Hotep them. <laughs> yeah. Like, like why? Like why now? Um, well then, that, I mean, that's really interesting. And I think that we've pretty much like, you've made a really compelling point. So let's, let's not 
talk about race anymore. Yeah, it's let's, not. Let's, cool. uh, the, uh, let's, it's, it sounds to me like the core thing, is, which is something that I do the podcast for, that you like, is the idea of intimacy. Yeah. Right? Like deep intimacy, what that does to you. It, again, going back to the humanity of it, like it's interpersonal, about, yeah. personal relationships. Well, can you can you speak to a little bit to that? Like, what is it like about these relationships that it, are meaningful to you like for example your relationship with your dad i think yeah. we get a sense but like if you can you like verbalize like what 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 it is about the documenting that i mean obviously yeah um <clears throat> like i said my dad is the first positive role model i have in my life the reason why i hate authority the reason why i hate religion the reason why i'm not rah 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 about politicians is because of my dad and yeah. he when i was thinking about going to art school Okay, I had a choice. I was like, I could stay at this community college longer and get my shit together and go get a poli-sci degree or a philosophy degree. I don't want to do that. I want to shoot photographs. And I was talking to my dad. Thinking back now, maybe the poli-sci thing would have been like a lot better, a lot more money in it. <laughs> but I was talking to my dad, and my dad told me, like, you know, I'm at the time, he was like 60. He's like, I have a lot of regrets in my life. And... I don't want you to be my age and have regrets. So if you want to go be an artist, then be an artist. And he was the first person in my life to just be like, no, I back you. Can't support you, but I back you. Like, I still have regrets. And the last thing I need is to have a son to have regrets. And that's really like beautiful. That's really like, he was like, yeah, he's like, I wish my dad could have verbalized things like that. (laughs) Painting and art, painting and photography, it's like, I'm very passionate about it. And because of my dad, I realized how passionate about it. Because when I was playing football, it was a week before hell week and you're supposed to condition by yourself. And I didn't condition by myself because I'm not going to go run you, by you myself. Sh- you should get what? You're supposed to get? Condition. Like, oh, condition. Like, run. Oh, yeah, yeah. Get, and okay. I wasn't going to do that because like summer, I'm like 14. No. And when you said hell week, I thought what the reason I didn't understand condition was because I thought you were, it was like a hazing thing. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> so it you was didn't like, get hazed. I was supposed to, I was supposed to like exercise before hell week to okay. get in shape. And, and then hell, hell week is all about yeah, exercise. Like, it's not, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's not getting hazed. Yeah. I was, I, I oh, didn't football. Ha- yeah, okay. Yeah, 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 sorry. I, I, I should have. Uh, LA, uh, can, can Orange you, County. Uh, can you imagine artist hazings as <laughs> opposed to Jack hazings? Like, dude, yeah, it would probably like, be much grosser. And then it'd be like watching, like looking at a bunch of books I don't care about. But, um, <laughs> well, I didn't run because I'm not going to run because whatever. And my coach got mad at me. And then I got mad at my dad. And I was like, how come you didn't make me do it? And my dad's like, oh, because if you wanted to do it, I wouldn't have to make you. Damn. And it's like, so when you. But knowing that you had to like practice and exercise and you didn't do it, I was like, oh, you don't want to do this. Yeah. yeah. And so when I paint and when I draw and when I like, take photographs, it's, I want to do this. It's yeah. something that I really want to do. And it's because of him. So documenting him, documenting this first positive mo- like role model I had in my life and watching him go for this very strong, very intelligent, very confident man to being decrepit. And I... It hit me really hard because there's like times where I have to like change my dad and I do all this stuff. That's like hitting me really hard. And I was like, okay, I don't not sure if I'm like, am I a good enough son? Because I can't really support you. I'm not sure what's happening right now. And then having a group of people, 
my friends who totally accept me for who I am and back me and have me. I never had that before. Mm-hmm. And like I said, to some friends, like, you know, I have some of my friends who were more than friends and we're like, we had a question in that. And then I have some friends who are just so important to me. And I have like women friends who are just let me know, like if I'm being a shitty man or a <laughs> shitty male. And I think we all need that. And I'm like, Oh, X, Y, and Z. And they're like, you probably maybe not talk about X, Y, maybe talk about Z. And <laughs> I think we all need that. And I love my friends. And like, before I came to the podcast, my friend Cassie was like, Oh, let's do like breathing exercises. Let's do this. Let's do that. Mm-hmm. Let's, because I was saying I was nervous, and it's like, oh no, you're not nervous. You just feel nervous. No. And well, you you're, you usually when you're nervous, it means that you care. That's, yeah, that's my like. Uh, it, it, I uh, as someone who was a athletic coach <laughs> at, at a competitive level, uh, not like super competitive, but like you know the the most. It was an AYSO. Um, like What's it was, AYSO? It's like the ones where the parents coach. Uh, I did okay. club, which is year round. Oh, okay. Uh, but but honestly, the fact that your dad was like so laissez faire with your uh, and I know I've used that twice today. It's okay. Uh, <laughs> it's just not a word. You know when the word comes yeah comes out twice and you're like I never use that. Yeah. But, um. Uh. Yeah. Like the fact that he was just like not overbearing on you and and riding you because you weren't exercising because like it seems like uh it seems like he had he may have had regrets but he didn't want to t- he didn't want you to well, i mean i'm uh, th- this is like assuming that usually parents when they enroll their kids in, in sports they really fucking care you know they stand on the sidelines and they say yeah. inappropriate shit so like the fact that your dad was like not trying to relive his youth through your i'm really happy i'm really, yeah, that's, I, I, that's also, really impressive yeah. also i think he's like this 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 kid's not gonna fucking be an athlete like i, I don't want like i'm not yeah. gonna like make him go friend he so that's weird Wait, like, were you drawing or doing anything were you taking I wish pictures I was drawing. that was cool i wish i was just like watching tv yeah i didn't want to like, Okay, so watching my sister, yeah, my <laughs> sister and my and me had to convince my dad that Anne Rand was an atheist, and because he's like, I love Anne Rand, she's not an atheist. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, what? And yeah. I do. Only time I really bummed him out was when I was like 14, and he's like, oh, my favorite book is like The Shrug. I want you to read it. And I got two pages in. And I was like, I'm not gonna, I'm not reading this. Yeah. And he was so bummed out. Yeah. I was like, dude, like it's like how thick this book is. No, I, 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 I wish I, it was like political stuff. I was like, I'm not going to read this book. And he was so bummed out. And then he got bummed out again, like 10 years later or something. And my sister, she's like, Anne Rand's an atheist. Like, no, he's, no, she's not. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, she is. Like, she's not an atheist. I'm like, dude, she is. How did he not get that from her writing? I mean, I, I've never read Atlas Shrugged, but my understanding of Anne Rand's stuff is that it is about individualism and all. I, all I, I, I read I, I Anthem, which okay. is like, it's like, it's literally written in a collective, uh, like in a socialist collective, <laughs> like, like instead of being. It's like cult like instead of right saying that I do something, he's like we do something. Okay. And it's almost one. fucking impossible to read because of that. I mean I I enjoyed it and it's a good book, but I but I, to me that's a surprising that it's a surprise because she's he, not very very She's not and the thing about it is I was supposed to be named after one of the character uh, one of the characters in Atma Shrug and my mom was like no and my dad was like fine. What was the name? Do you know? Is it Rourke? 
I don't know. I don't. I haven't read Atlas Shrugged. I also saw how thick it was. Yeah, he was like, he was, and my mom was like, "Oh, let's name him," because my my mom and dad have kids before they met, and my dad, my mom was like, "Okay, well, let's name him Paul Junior," and my dad's like, "I already have a Paul Junior. That's not not yeah. that's not how names work." <laughs> <laughs> and my mom was like, "Fine, we name him Edward after like, that's your middle name," and dad's like, "Okay, cool, we're not naming him Paul Junior because I already have a Paul Junior. This yeah. not." So yeah, so he was very important to me, and my friends are very important to me. And well, the other thing that it's that I'm hearing, and I think this is like generational, is is the importance, like because you've talked about people uh, sharing books with you. Yeah, and I think I don't I don't know. Comment down below if you guys if if I'm wrong, but it doesn't seem like with an iPhone and all the shit, like like there was a a. a an expectation of being bored when we were younger yeah. that maybe doesn't exist now. It doesn't exist. And so like sharing of books is actually really intimate, right? Because yeah. it's like, first of all, it's, it's an active experience. You're not, you're, it's not like recommending a movie. It's if, not. if you read a book that I recommend and you like it, like, yo dude, we're fucking, you, yeah. you, you too, like it, people won't even listen to like your, movie right your tv show recommendations right because yeah. there's just so many but if someone reads a fucking book and i remember when i was a kid i remember reading bukowski i like he he, he was great uh i remember reading like for, for me an important thing was reading on the road and being like i'm smarter than this book <laughs> you know and like all of my friends really being huge bukowski fan or uh, uh Jack Kerouac, Kerouac yeah. fans and uh and i mean the 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 stuff is good but like in fact, the, my problem with the I, or the um, with the what's the what's the guy that that wrote um, in True in Cold Blood the uh, Capote 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 yeah I think see like this I don't think kids of younger generations have these reference points of oh books, yeah but but so he said that it, it that's not writing that's typing yeah and I was like and I was like when I told when I gave my criticism of the book I read it while I was like doing security at a NASCAR event too okay <laughs> <laughs> so it's like the context was really that's a weird context yeah but you know my job was just to sit at a chair and make sure no one used the stairwell and. And it, since I sat was sitting there, no one did. So I just spent the whole day reading in that loud ass uh, homestead, Miami, yeah. Miami Speedway. But but to me that that's that's like a an intimacy that I don't think exists anymore. It doesn't. Well, go ahead. Well, no, no, it doesn't exist. Yeah, anymore. which which is which is crazy. Like you know, like even the story of your dad, like giving you a book and being disappointed. Like that was like a that was like a. a an intimate like you what you're basically talking about is like an intimacy sh- it, cutoff right it, like it is, like where yeah. he was like he wanted to bond with you over this and then and you're yeah. like ah and i'm not okay, okay so one book that i did read and i gotta stress this that i am like i'm a liberal but he had the 10 things you can't say in america by larry elder which is like this black conservative yeah yeah i know and my, I, and my I, dad I is like very old school black uh democrat which is like both sides i like, wanted to see and he came into my room and he's like, no, you're reading this. And every each thing, every each chapter, we're going to discuss it. And I was like, oh, OK. And I read it. And, you know, some things I agree with, some things I didn't. But I had to have a discussion with him. And that was the first time where I'm like, oh, OK, I'm able to defend myself. I'm able to hear your viewpoint and not get upset. And that kind of opened my eyes to like different people's political beliefs and to read books that are outside my preview and it really helped me bond and helped me be like, okay, 
to take pick and choose what I believe in, and that so that's why he's very important to me. And also, he believes in a lot of conspiracy theories. And Hell yeah, I like him even more. Lot I remember one time we were watching something, and oh, my sister's wedding was in Cuba, and I was like going to go to my sister's wedding in Cuba, and I forgot what I said. I was like, oh, let's be careful, you know. So what happened to JFK? I'm like, huh? What? What? <laughs> it's like JFK. Like, you know, I don't want, I don't want you to say something in the government like assassinate you. And I was like, what? What? Huh? What? And he's like, what? And I was like, wait, what are you talking about? And my dad's like, are you trying to tell me that you don't believe that you believe that he was murdered by one person? And I was like, well, and he's like, you do not believe that. And it's like, I thought you were smart. And we were like having like a back and forth oh, argument. Wow, wow. And he's like, you're trying to tell me that the CIA didn't murder John F. K. <laughs> I'm like, I, I don't know, man. Like evidence, like what evidence, evidence that the CIA gave out. I'm like, dude, like, I don't know. And we were like talking and then after this very intense argument, I was like, so nice to like talk with you and like have like a very nice debate with you. And I'm like, I'm gonna go home, man. I'm gonna I'm gonna go home. And he's like, you know, even though you don't believe in conspiracy theories and you don't and you believe that story that the CIA gave you that John F. K was assassinated by one person, I still love you. I'm like <laughs> and I was like I was like, whoa, you really believe in this. Yeah. So we talk about politics a lot. But you got to give him a break, man. He lived through his, he lived his a lot he, of shit. He, he lived through that assassination a lot. That shit. That shit broke a lot of people. That's like they're nine eleven. Yeah, you know? they, you're like watching this thing on a t on TV, and you're like, why is he slump? Oh, you got yeah, yeah. No, no. I mean that shit is so sus too. And it's, like, it's it, okay. Three years ago, I'm like, uh, well, the evidence points to, but now I'm like, no, nah, that shit's sus, dog. Like, yeah, yeah, no, that shit is mad sus. Especially uh, now that people are dying, dude's like, hey, listen, uh, I'm gonna die mm, inside job. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. It, it. I mean, I'm definitely not uh, not saying that I know definitively for sure who killed JFK. Oh yeah, we have to say that. But, I... <laughs> but no, no, no. I'm I, like, I'm do, I'm being sincere. I'm not, this isn't even about YouTube. Uh, I think you can talk conspiracies. Still, some of them. I mean, I, uh, but, yeah. But but I think that what it, what it is for me is more that it's like it's fun to think about all the things it could be. Yeah, I like. There's see, like there's like different theories, right? So there's the, the yeah. you know, and then like. And so, so for me, that's fun. Like one of the more interesting ones that's come that, that triggers a lot of people is the, is the, is the idea that the secret service got really drunk the night before. Oh, I never heard this one. Okay. This is really fun. Thanks. Okay. So they had gotten really drunk before and they were super hungover. So the one that the, there was one guy and he was not, uh, he, he didn't go out partying. So that morning they were like, all right, you get the AK 47 and it didn't have the safety on. So the conspiracy or the the theory is, which is like a newer one, is that this guy slipped, fell, and it was actually the Secret Service that accidentally killed him. <laughs> Dude, conspiracy, see, the thing is, I don't believe in conspiracy theories, but I love the stories behind it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So when my dad was like, time, I was like, he was getting really into it. I'm like, I can't argue with you, yeah. but this is like a really fun story. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. I think that QAnon kind of ruined the, the conspiracy. Ruined, like yeah. People, can, people stopped thinking it was fun. It used to be fun. It, it used, used to be really eccentric. Fun. Yeah. It used to be really fun. Now so, it's all misinformation and yeah, disinformation. Like, yeah. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. So like, so my dad's very important and, you know, I am very lucky because, you know, when COVID happened, you kept reading about how all these like men are lonely and they don't have any friends. And I was like, dude, like my friends are the most important people in my life. Like 
I yeah. more important. I'm gonna say more important than my family because they're gonna like look at this and like message me and send me texts that I don't want to read. But my like Joya is they're your chosen family. Essentially. Yeah, like like Joya is like the most important person in my life, even though we argue all the time and stuff like that. I love Joya, and I wouldn't know what to do with her. Same thing with Yuri. Same thing with Hiroshi. It's just like I have. I've been. I don't want to say searching, but I was like, oh, I have a chosen family and I want to make work about them. And it took me until I was 40 to be okay with that because, you know, the black, like being a black artist, like how come you're not making work about this? And, you know, my ex-girlfriend, they're Korean and my, my life with them before we broke up was about when I was photographing, I was like, oh, I never shared like this much intimacy with someone before. Yeah. And this person is very important to me. And still, I was like, why do I need to talk about like the quote unquote blackness when this person's going through their own stuff? And same thing with like all my other friends when I was like photographing them and when I was like making paintings about them, I was like, dude, I care more about what they're going through mm-hmm. and what they're experiencing than what I have to talk about. And I think that's the thing that's really unfortunate about the way that the art world is right now is because people care more about what you are than who you are. And Bro, I, they called me Latinx now. Yeah. Well, <laughs> congratulations. I, I, I've got yelled at for not capitalizing the B. In, play. in, in black? Yeah. What? I, I didn't know that. I didn't that. even know that was a thing. Oh, yeah. You better capitalize that, man, because we don't okay. capitalize. Yeah. I was so, just going to make a joke about how you, you it, like, your life got better after being called African American, which oh, yeah, happened in your lifetime. Yeah, it did. <laughs> my See, my dad was like, I don't. See, here's the important part of having older parents. Yeah, yeah. My dad was like, I don't care what they call me. Like, I don't care. He's probably been called awful things oh, he in has. his lifetime. I mean, things that we couldn't imagine. To the point where. He was like, I don't care what they call you. Is that what you are? I was like, no. I was like, then what do you care? Like, yeah. So, well, I was, sorry, go ahead. I was just thinking about like, so when I sent you that message about when I talk about relationships, my work made a, a huge shift where the paintings, I was trying to find, I had this idea where like the photography is real life and the paintings are funny or whatever. And then I was thinking, I just only want to talk about like, these close relationships that I have. So the fictional city and Dawson beach, it's about me growing up and like, okay, we're all in this together. We're all in this to, we're all like the same music. We're all, this town's chaotic, but we're in this together. And I was thinking about, that's how I felt with my friends. Like we're all in this together. And, um, the photography, it's kind of like meditation. Whereas the photography is bringing your breath back into reality, and then the paintings are just letting your mind wander. Mm-hmm. And that's why I try to like encapsulate, encapsulate in my work where I want it all is about relationship. This just the photography is just the real thing yeah. about relationships, and and that's yeah. a, it's all its own interesting tradition too because you have a lot of especially in California you have a lot of uh a lot of work that's like that but or i mean that is well, the the, the uh, documentary intimate photographic work especially of the skate scenes you know yeah. and and things like that which which are always pretty interesting the other thing that i would say is it's it's interesting you know when like that you're coming to this around your 40s because you know as i'm doing this 
it gets more restrictive what you yeah. can and can't say. Yes. And and to some degree, like <clears throat> you know, like uh you are you familiar with Abby Hoffman? Mm-hmm. So so Abby the Hoffman. Yippie, yeah. What well, yeah, the Yippies. So if you guys don't know, the Yippies were really radical people that yeah. were super anti establishment. Yeah. And they were the the Chicago seven was basically them. And um if you look at his life, like it was really fun, it was really interesting. But by the end of the they had worn him down. Yeah. You know, like that as radical as that dude was, they broke him. Yeah. You know, so it's it's an interesting thing about like to what extent are you responsible for speaking out injustice and 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 when does that die out like if you're in your 70s your body can't do the same kind of protesting that you you remember that, that guy that got knocked over during uh, black lives matter the, the, the he was like on some on some capital steps and a cop yeah. the old dude just he was a, a he was an activist old dude just fucking got knocked over cracked his head open oh fuck it like all of that shit it's like it's so crazy how you know even first of all we're in the art world so it's also kind of cringe to be like it's very cringe to, to be like you have to have say something that means something when you're it's part very of, cringe when you're part of like a whole ecosystem that is yeah corrupt and like evil you know and and funded by people that have more money and who has money nowadays yeah. Not not like not good old hardworking uh, no. you know people that work at the fucking uh, at the uh, um, auto plant and shit yeah. like that like that that America is gone which is the America that our parents grew up it's, in yeah. right where like education was the salvation yeah right? like, very much wait, so if you went to school as a boomer you were like probably you know like that's that's like yeah that's a top like white privilege is kind of dying. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is. I mean, not, 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 uh, not I, I to was, min- I mean, I'm, I'm, I say that in jest, but yeah. to some degree, I think that is the the new I, the new neoliberal uh, agenda is to like, is like, hey, we'll let black people succeed, but everybody else fuck off. Yeah. So, <laughs> so for me, I'm like, I was thinking, it's like, how can I rebel against this? I'm like, you know what? I don't want to. I don't want to rebel against this. I don't want to talk about different ways of being black i don't want to do any of stuff i just want to talk about my friends who are the most important people in my life right now and talk about like so when my girlfriend and i broke up i had i saw all these photographs of them and hiroshi i was like i don't know what to do like it's just like you know i'm i'm not sure to do these photographs and hiroshi he was like you know this is the not downside, but like you're you are autobiographical uh, photographer, and you photograph your life, and this mm. is what happens. No, and he's like, I've seen so many photographs of of photographers with like their exes and their work, and right there and then, I was like, you know, that's like, yeah, I I I'm okay with the fact that if I date a new woman and we get really close, that's a possibility of her breaking up with me. Like, no. I'm okay with it, and I'm also okay with the fact that a friend might not want to be my friend anymore. And I don't go into photo shoots thinking of that or go into painting of it. It's just very much, if you're going to be a very, if you're going to be realistic, if you're going to be human and you're going to be believing things are not permanent, then you should do your best to make sure these relationships last. Yeah. And reasons why I like my friends is because we both do our best to make sure our friendships last. We don't do anything that, I don't know, that another person doesn't like. And you respect boundaries. We respect which boundaries. Is like, yeah. 
And I remember you and Hiroshi were talking about street photography. And it's one of the reasons why I don't like street photography. It's because there's no boundaries there. You can do whatever you want to do. And when I was getting people saying this book, some people were like, hey, things are different for me and my boyfriend. Things are different for me and my girlfriend. Things are different for me and my family. Can you not include this photograph in the book? And because I didn't want to lose that friendship because they meant a lot to me. Yes, I was bummed out, but I was like, okay, what's more important? This photograph or my friendship? No. My friendship. And I feel like, I feel with street photography, you don't have that. Which is why you see street photographers photographing homeless people or people who are in the worst position that, ever. To be fair to the art world, that's always been questionable. Like, that's always yeah. been a taboo. It's just people that are, are new to the... the the medium that don't really get that and they, yeah. like uh but but you're no i mean you're you're 100 right yeah. it is it's gross it, it is uh, it, and and yeah and for me it's like okay my one friend who was like oh you can't use this photograph because my hair looks weird i could argue with them and technically i could be like yeah. well we shot this in public but i'm like you are my really good friend you're very important to me i am very upset that i can't use this photograph for this dumb dumb reason yeah. but my friendship with you is so important by the way i'm can i make this into a painting and it's like oh yeah so that's where the painting started where it's like i can't use photographs can i make this into a painting i'm gonna give you a bunch of tattoos i'm gonna give you a bunch of bands that you don't like because it's all aggressive music can i now use this so yeah if you see a photo <laughs> so that's even with like my friend like even with she's like i could talk about this even with cassie like we're getting to the point where I have a lot of photographs of her and I use them as my, like, I use them as like, like reference photographs and I started photographing her again. And to me, it's like, what's important to me is like not losing Cassie again. What's important to me is not pushing people away. And I have to be very conscious of that, conscious of that, especially as a straight uh, male photographer when I'm photographing my women friends and they are like, oh, I want to be like really naked. I want to do this. And I have to be like, okay. How are you going to feel about this, like, years from now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is a benefit of having women friends is because they're like, no, dog. <laughs> <laughs> and, and seriously, like... No, it's good to have a, a perspective. Like, it's it's hard to get out of your own head sometimes, you know, out it, of your it, own yeah. worldview. And, you know, especially because my work is very intimate and my work is very personal. I have... Also, I make people sign mono releases for that reason too. <laughs> and not because I don't trust them, it's because. No, uh, releases is good. I should start doing that. You should, yeah, people should start doing it. And, you know, it, it's, it's getting to the point where that's why I want to talk about more intimacy because I could lose, I could, like, my friends are the most important people in my life and I could lose them yeah. by being a shithead. And I don't or you want could to just lose them. I could just like they, lose them. they could just die. Yeah, know? like yeah. you know. Okay, I'm not gonna say her name, but my friend when I was shooting this book, because I'm not sure she wants people to know this, but she got diagnosed with cancer. So obviously people can know who she is. And when I was photographing her in 2018, I was photographing her right after chemo, and I was like taking her pictures, and the whole time she was so grateful that I was taking her picture and. She's like, I'm so sorry. I'm like so tired. And I was like, oh, it's chemo. What are you talking about? No. This is 2018. I had lunch with her in 2023. And she's like, oh, I need you to tell you something. Can you not get weirder out? I'm like, okay. Yeah. I was like, oh, that diagnosis was worse than 
I told people about. And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, if I waited one more month, I could have died. Oh, wow. And she was saying how she had to, like, teach herself how to, like, walk again, do all this stuff. And this person is one of the most important people in my life. And I was like, dude, I, I didn't know how bad it was. No, and I could have lost you. No. And I'm really happy that, you know, her cancer's in remission and all this other stuff. But I do think about that. That's why I hate talking about race. It's like, dude, my dad almost died. Like, no. what does that have to do with me being black? And this other stuff happening in my family, like, you know, with my mom being, it's just like, what does this have to do with me being black? Mm-hmm. My, my fucking good friend lost his, like, his girlfriend, who he thought he was in his life with. It's like, what does that have to do with me being black? And that's why I hate that narrative because I'm always supposed to talk about my blackness when other things are happening. Yeah. Well, it's it's interesting. I I um I talked to somebody that is uh is or I talked who's a trans woman and when I was like we were talking and she was telling me about like I, I basically asked her like what are trans issues? And yeah. and what she said is that like trans issues are the same issues that everybody has. They're just exasperated, They're exacerbated just- by the fact that She's trans, right? Yeah. So most people's experience aside from their race is pretty universal. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and 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 so so it is it is an interesting thing. Um especially like it's you know, one of the things that happens a lot on this show is that like things that things like that will come up. Yeah. Right. But but I try not to like I mean, I, I prefer not to make people talk about something that they're not Yeah, no, that know, makes like, a lot like, of sense. Because it's like it I mean there's there's my curiosity yeah and then there's like the humanity of the person that i'm at talking to right like i don't necessarily want every black person or every yeah. asian person to be a representative but i'm more interested in the cultural stuff so like what we talked about yeah about your 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 punk upbringing and all of that yeah. you know like that is like something that i'm i think a lot of people can I, relate to right that, i mean and then now you have white people may be relating to the childhood of a black person. Yeah. Right. It, which is like, which is something that we all need. You know I mean? Yeah. And to be honest, if you really believe in inclusion, like if you really believe in it, you're going to be excluded because you're going to see stories that have nothing to do with you. Yeah. All the time. And okay. Let's get two examples. Like I not Korean, but I like the movie parasite. It's a really good movie. Yeah. I can never relate. Okay. Let's like, do you want a little bit closer to me? Uh, Boys in the Hood, directed by a 24-year-old John Singleton, written by a 24, 24-year-old John Singleton. That movie's beautiful. Yeah. I can't relate to the movie because I grew up behind the beach. Yeah. But yeah. I want to see both those films. And my, my favorite John Singleton movie is... Uh, Poetic Justice. What's that? <laughs> Poetic Justice. No, it, it, it's even more of a joke line. Oh. Uh, uh, Fast and the Furious oh. 2. He, he's, oh, he did. <laughs> Dude, he went from Boys in the Hood to making fast... Damn. Hey, that movie's dope because it's in Miami. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. It's it's considered it's it's largely considered the worst Fast and the Furious movie, but I like it. Out of the ten that were made. 
And in fact, without without that movie, there would be no Tyrese in the franchise and no Ludacris because those guys were introduced in that movie because uh, Vin Did, Diesel wasn't in the second one. So he was, wasn't. No, in the the second movie is is uh, Paul Walker and Tyrese, and Tyrese and Paul Walker have been friends since kids. And it's I I, I went I, that's one that I went to see with my dad, and you know like like we were we were doing the typical like yeah we're watching a boys thing yeah, yeah. <laughs> dude. I got into the biggest argument after Paul Rocker died with an ex because my being from Huntington Beach, you kind of like, you have a really rough exterior that everything's really funny because you're from Huntington Beach. You're from this very kind of like fucked up city. And I was hanging out with my friend Bruce. I can't believe I name checked him, but whatever. And Paul Rocker just died and it was on everyone's phone. And he was like, oh, Paul Rocker died. And he made a joke. As I'm talking to my ex-girlfriend, <laughs> like we're growing back in like 2000 and whenever he died. And my ex was like, that's your friend. Make, he's making jokes. Like, I love those movies. And I was like, oh, shit. And then he hurt her. So he kept making it. I'm like, I'm going to hang up. And then I went back home to like Pasadena. And she's like, that's not funny. Your friends are not funny. Bruce wow. is, yeah. I was like, that's hilarious. Yeah. Like. I remember the first movie that I noticed Paul Walker in was Pleasantville. Dude, and yeah. Then, and then he did those movies and he just be, he's like, he's a legendary car guy. He had, he has a bunch of three, he, his car collection is cool. Okay. We don't uh, have to talk about no, it. <laughs> that, the more, Miami and me is coming out. One ahead. more Paul Walker story. Now, I, 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 a, lot of, a lot of these stories is like, I can't say their names because they're upset with me, but my, my friends. I asked her what she did over the <laughs> over the weekend. She's like, I fucked up. I'm like, what did you do? She's like, I just spent hours looking at uh, Paul Walker's death photos, and I shouldn't have done that. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, that's awful. <laughs> I'm like, what? She's like, I hours. Yeah. She's like, I lost a whole day. I'm like, why? She's like, I don't know. I wow. looked at one, and then I clicked, and I realized it was six hours later. I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you? It's that morbid curiosity. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, I never went that. I, I never went that crazy. But anyway, we don't have to talk about yeah. the Fast and the Furious franchise. Uh, is there anything that you that that you want to uh, leave on that that I haven't maybe asked you about? Anything that you maybe forgotten before we we close up? Don't like that weapon blood. That's very important to me. Uh, no, no. Okay. Cool. Well, thank you so much for being yeah. on the show. Uh, oh, I do want to. Can I? Like, well, no, we're we're going into plugs. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> no, like, no, no, no. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, what can we plug for you? Oh my god! So like, so glad you're out. <laughs> Even though I don't like talk with being black, my friend Yuri and I made this book called uh, "Hey, Have I Heard of?" It's like thirty black Americans, and I did all the illustrations from it, and I'm really proud of it. Cool. So yeah, that's it. Uh, color publishing. Color publishing. Spelled British, right? Yeah. yeah. I, I like how my friend Melissa pointed this out. I was like, you know, you don't like talk about being black, but you have a lot of black shit, dude. I'm like, I mean, yeah. it, I don't think you can get around. Oh, like, you can't get I, away from I, it. Fuck it. I, I. That's why. I, I don't know. I. I mostly tried to assimilate into like being American most of my life, but, yeah. like, but I, it just doesn't work. Like, I mean, first of all, I'm not accepted as, as, yeah, as, yeah, a, yeah. as a wasp. Yeah. Oh man. It'd be so cool to be a wasp. 
Yeah, just uh, to like talk shit behind people's backs. To talk, like, instead of talking shit to people's faces. All right. All right. This might get flagged for hate speech. We love wasps. No, no. Uh, we're, we're making jokes. We're making, I like that. I like that you have to do that. Like, you have to make a joke. And I'd be like, oh, it's, it's, it's a joke. It's I'm more, I'm honestly more care, more worried about YouTube thinking that I'm a hateful person than I am like the general public. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> like dude. if people think that I don't like wasps, like I like I'm, every. Yeah. I, I'm cool with everybody, you know. Like I, I'm not down with that whole like white people or the devil thing that's dude, happening in culture right now. I think that would make things a lot easier for me if I was. Yeah, but I have like way too many white friends. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I mean, Wait, uh, it's hard not to have white friends. Like, oh, they're, I, they're, there's like they're the majority. I feel like if you're doing things right in LA, your friend group shouldn't all look like you. If you're doing things right, yeah, yeah. if you're doing things the correct way, like, cause, like I said, best friend is Hiroshi. He's like half white, half German. Best friend isn't he half Japanese? Half Japanese, half German. Oh my god, please. <laughs> yeah. Hiroshi's uh, not a very German. <laughs> yeah, maybe Clark is. Yeah. Uh, Best friends Korean American. Best friends have Trinidad, have white, and I'm. I know that technically I'm not supposed to have more than one best friend, and I gotta have to like deal. I like how you have to deal with racism, like accused of being racism, and I have to be like, I'm really sorry. I said I had like three best <laughs> friends. Like, please forgive me. I don't get accused of being racist. I get accused. I get of- it, I, the 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 one that I that I get, which is like a pre racist uh, assumption, is that I'm a misogynist because oh, yeah. because I'm Latino. Like, oh uh, yeah. yeah, I get. Here's what I get. I get. Uh, I get tone police. I get not knowing that you can you can't have more than one best friend. Uh, yeah, but I think that that ha- is more dependent on who that best friend. Oh is. my god! <laughs> and she is going to see this and then be. I didn't mention her name and yeah, yeah. no no we're cool we like you we like how assertive you are we're, no, you're, <laughs> you're friends with her obviously you, she's your her. best friend so but here's the thing like everyone's everyone in my life knows who I'm talking about yeah. they go like you're talking about this person and yeah yeah so I don't know man well but sometimes it's good to be to know yourself and and what people say about you like I would not be surprised if people thought I was obnoxious oh like, people think <laughs> because of my tone people think I'm an asshole and yeah. I remember one time I don't I, get that vibe from you. Oh, okay. but, well, I remember one time my friend said a joke. And I was like, oh, okay. And she's like, you're not laughing. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, I just told you a joke. But, oh. Uh, <laughs> well, the laughter's involuntary. So. Yeah. I mean, if you have to tell me to laugh, it probably wasn't funny. Yeah. All right. Well, then, and then you are at Edward Cushenberry. Yeah. At, uh, with an underscore or no? No underscore. No underscore. Okay. So it's not that many Cushenberries. No, no, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and it's it's spelled uh, C U S H E N B E R R Y. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I was uh seven before I knew how to spell my name. Oh so, wow, what's well, a long name? And also, like, it's like thirteen letters, dude. No, no, I, I don't, I actually don't remember when I learned because mine is Proenza, which is not easy either. Yeah, it's like it's, my my dad would get so mad at me. Like, it's I would say this one thing, and my dad kind of like called it. Everyone was making fun of me because of my last name. And I was like, hey, I want to take mom's last name of Hayes. And my dad's like, listen, not now. I'm not sure when, but it's going to pay off. Just be yeah. Cushionberry. Like, just just deal with it. And yeah, he's right. He, he called, he called that. Because yeah. I wanted to be Hayes. Like, there's so many Edward Hayes, but there's not that many Edward Cushionberry. So it's like, yeah, oh, yeah. this, this, 
for just, me. Yeah, yeah, hold your horses. Yeah, there, there. I think there is another Javier Proenza somewhere in the world. Oh, but, okay. uh, but there was there used to be one in Miami when I lived there. because oh, I would see him in the phone book. Yeah, but yeah. I used to get random cushion berries. This is really quickly. I thought I didn't know this, but my dad, my granddad, had eleven kids, but only hung out with like three. <laughs> Whoa! So there's a shitload of cushion berries. And in Annapolis, and then his brother had like ten kids. So the name Cushionberry is very popular in Annapolis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, when I had my Facebook, every once in a while I would get like James Cushionberry's like, "Hey, what's up, cousin?" I'm like, "I don't know who you are, bro." Yeah. Or I would get like Eric. I was like, "I don't. I we we are so far removed. I don't know you." So yeah. Yeah, it's uh, well, my Proence is like uh, is a name that's mostly cuban like okay it's it's it, it which is crazy because that means that like we had been there a very long time by the yeah. time by the time that my my ancestors like yeah they were like yeah because i mean the name it exists in spain and in portugal but and i think also even in brazil with a different spelling yeah my last name is german so yeah, Cushionberry. We, we we could kind of figure out why I have a German. It sounds like a it sounds like a delicious cereal that Dude, would have been advertised uh, on the morning cartoons. Cushionberry. Yeah, Mine that. sounds like a with like a something you get at a pharmacy so you don't yeah, kill yourself. Yeah, Cushionberry sounds like a very delicious cereal. Yeah. I mean, I start eating cereal again. I'm like so sick. What what are the what are the berries in the Captain Crunch? Crunch berries. Cr- crunch berries. I like how I like how I didn't even hesitate. I was like, "What?" <laughs> you can... I know my. I know what cereal you're thinking <laughs> yeah. of. Yeah. <laughs> uh, are you talking about peanut butter crunch, Captain Crunch, or Oops All Berries? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those things used to mess up the roof of your mouth. Yeah. All right, we're just we're just riffing at this point. Oh, we're just riffing we'll, about cereal. We'll we'll, we'll we'll end it. Uh, thank you so much. Thank for Thank you doing for having me. I'm really stoked, man. No problem, man. It's a, it's a pleasure. It's nice yeah. to get to know you. Thank you. And then uh, we'll be back next week with another guest and another topic that may or may not be art related. (laughs) Thank you so much for watching.